0: So welcome to Kahuna and the Wasp. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you to Steel Pixel Studios. I'd like to start by apologizing for not airing last week, but the studio is closed because of COVID. Most of us are better now, uh, but Chris, or excuse, the Wasp, excuse me, is still a little, uh, little under the weather. So we're going to use last week's guest, Carl, and we're going to both give you our best shot to get this done. Today we're going to go and discuss the season finale for the New York Jets, the playoff-bound Philadelphia Eagles, and some really un-week, uh, unreal, I should say, Week 18 games, a little bit of playoff seating, and then a few wild card weekend game thoughts. So, how you doing, Carl? Oh, it's great to be here. Good, how are you doing? You know what? It's been a crazy week, and uh, uh, but I think we got a lot of things to talk about. So, I'd like to thank you for coming back and uh, helping me fill in for the wasp, and some really strange. Uh, some strange games we've got to talk about. But, you know, it's going to be weird not having them, but let's get this going.
1: All right, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, the playoff-bound Philadelphia Eagles. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. But, you know what? I'm excited for them. I, I, I thought they had a chance. Absolutely. So I'll say it again. The playoff-bound Philadelphia Eagles. Quick recap last week, the Eagles lost to the Dallas Cowboys 51-26. to You know, it wasn't uh, too much of a significant game for the Eagles. Uh, led on the running back side by Kenneth Gainwell, Kenny G, smooth jazz, 12 attempts, 78 yards, and a touchdown. From a receiving side, you had Quez Watkins, 5 receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown. So, really not too much for the Eagles going on here, but I would like to point out two different, uh, really kind of big things for the Eagles. One is rookie receiver Devonta Smith set the all-time Single-season rookie receiving yard record, beating Deshaun Jackson. And it was a tough day for Jason Kelsey, playing one snap to get to 122. Fifth all-time for the Eagles behind John Runyon. So, you know, great for the team. What are your thoughts on the game there, Kuna?
0: Well, I watched the game, and in the beginning it seemed okay. Of course, the Eagles had their typical slow start. But, uh, you know, I, I just looked at Minshew. I thought he did a nice job. I was really excited about uh, Gainwell. He looks strong out there. And that guy, uh, Jason Huntley out of New Mexico, I think he's a really uh, a future star. So that was really good. Uh, Quez did fine. They moved the ball around a little bit. But really, to me, this was about the Eagles kind of getting their uh, defense, their secondary, their, uh, their, uh, their second string guys a little bit of work. I tell you what I really didn't like was uh, our man J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Three targets, no receptions, dropped an easy touchdown in the end zone. I tell you what, he is
1: another Aguilar. He's, he's got to go. Yeah, our Ortega side going on IR could be immediate replacement, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough game. To me, the two biggest takeaways were, one, I think the team gained a lot of confidence here going into the playoff run. Young players get some, uh, you know, some of the second and third stringers some time to play. The other key highlight for me was we really need depth on the bench. You know, from a secondary side – the defense got torn apart, and they were going against the first string from Dallas. But you know, having three first round picks, number 15, 16, and depending on where they fall in the playoffs, I think they got to shore up the defense. Maybe go for corner linebacker. Absolutely. So, so what are you thinking? What's what's the next step? Up well, next for the Eagles, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the goat Tom Brady. A line opened up at Tampa Bay, minus 8.5, went to minus 9, over-under from 49.5 to 47. I think it's going to be a tough game, but really it's hard to compare the Eagles against the Buccaneers because it was a story of two different games this season. First time they played, you had – Tight end O.J. Howard with a touchdown for Tampa, and then you had Zach Ertz, who's in Arizona. You had Antonio Brown, who is no longer probably in the NFL. Is he still looking for a shirt? I think he might be. And then you have Lenny Fournette playing a great game. And he's coming off injury, and then you had Jalen Hurts running in. But you know the key difference is in these games, it's going to be hard to compare. The Eagles had no identity; they didn't have a good run game, and Tampa had double the total yards the Eagles had. So it's hard to compare the two games.
0: Yeah, this is definitely going to be a tough, uh, tough test for the Eagles. Really big test for Jalen. He's going to have to figure. How to stay within himself but they really got to learn how to start this game on you know on fire right away i mean look at tampa tom brady the goat what else can you say uh he's just making it happen no matter who's out there uh leonard fournette i don't know what's going to happen with him i think he's going to come back but even if he does does he get a full do- uh, dose of ball i don't know um but you know he's uh he's a tough guy and you remember last year when he came in in a wild card game they took him all the way to the uh to the trophy that's why they call him lombardi leonard and, uh, you know, even Mike Evans, you know, he's their guy, but he played hurt. Still had two touchdowns last week. So you can't count this Tampa Bay team out.
1: No, that's not, not at all. I think the keys to, to win, in my opinion, for the Eagles, you can't start slow, which they have. You have to establish the run game. Get pressure on Brady because he hates it. Look at the New Orleans game. And you got to minimize turnovers. If there's one thing you can't do against Tom Brady, is turn the ball over. So, Kuhn, who are you going with in this game? Well, you know, if...
0: If the Eagles can play a perfect game, if the Eagles can start r- early, if the Eagles can get their run game and Dallas Goddard moving, I still think they're going to lose 31 27, uh, Tampa.
1: I don't know about that, Cahoon. I'm going 27 24 Eagles. Jake Elliott, walk off down in Tampa Bay, and we'll party it up in Tampa Bay. So,
0: you know, I thought you would change things around this week. Uh, this fantasy football season's over now. And how about you and I, we talk about some boom and bust position players. Let's do it. All right. So why don't we start with quarterbacks? I'm going to go pick a boom and a bust. We'll go back and forth. So for me, the boom is, no questions asked, Tom Brady, the GOAT. Number one in all statistics. Number one in passes thrown, catches, uh, 5,300-plus yards, 43 touchdowns. And this is all dealing with all kinds of injuries and, by the way, drama. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, Tom Brady, I think he's arguably going to go down as the league's MVP. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see. For me, I think the the boom quarterback that I'd go with is Josh Allen from the the Bills. To me, Josh Allen, he was the most pressured quarterback and still is able to put up fantastic numbers. Over 4,400 yards in the air, 36 touchdowns, had 760 yards on the ground and six more touchdowns. And he was actually the first quarterback in NFL history to have over four thousand yards passing and seven hundred fifty yards rushing in the same season, so phenomenal job under that much pressure. I think you know their O line was was weak. He got hit quite a bit. Uh, they had a couple tough losses early in the season, especially to the Jags. No one saw that coming, yeah, right? Wait, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Absolutely. And then he came back, and you know he really made a stand against the Patriots. So Josh Allen impressed me uh fantastic year how about your bus quarterback
0: well for me it was all about what i expected to see and what happened so I, i'm picking lamar jackson as my bust that's true you know I, I had him on one of my teams i'm thinking man i got i got everything going for me here and he just didn't put a season together sure they had IR a running back situation even before the season started. They had issues with receivers getting uh, falling off. They they had issues with receivers they couldn't separate. Their uh, O line really wasn't working. Their defense was giving up so many points. Lamar was trying to run, trying to get things done, getting hurt. But then some there was something else going on. I just felt it. You know he he wasn't accurate. He was throwing balls all over the. He looked like old Donathan uh, McNabb if you ask me. So to me that was a a, ple- a complete bust to me.
1: Complete. It- Yeah, you know, I I think he tried to do too much. I'd agree with that. I think he saw a little bit of that with Patrick Mahomes early in the season where, you know, he had a couple things going on. He was trying to make big plays that just didn't work out. Could be. So as as far as my bus goes, it pains me to say this as a a blue devil myself, but I got to go with Danny Dimes in, in the New York Giants. Uh, a tough year. It was a tough year all around. Just saw Joe Judge get fired, so I think that's a great thing for the organization. They got, they have to have. I a think new it's coach. a great thing for Joe Judge get out of there. That's that's the truth. But you know, Daniel Jones really struggled. He had a lot of. I you know, wish him the best with his injury coming back. They said he should be back to contact in August, but he just couldn't get it done. And he had some good talent. He had Kenny Galladay, which we'll talk about later. He <laughs> had uh, he had Shepard, Ingram, Barkley. I mean, he's got some weapons. Yeah, now. When did they play? Yeah, exactly. So it, just tough. So I think Danny Dimes to me is a big bust. So, you know, what about your honorable mention? Well, yeah, there's other guys out, but you got to say, wait
0: a minute. Aaron Rodgers, how is he not your boom guy? Well, the Brady's the Brady. He's the GOAT. But Aaron Rodgers, boy, has he put down a sweet season. And how accurate is he? And he doesn't make mistakes. What do you have? Four picks. Unbelievable. So, I, I you know, I got to head.
1: He's my State Farm man of the year right there. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know. The, the key word that he's spoken many times, R-E-L-A-X, relax. You know, the first game of the season, New Orleans comes out, and the season's going downhill, and then he came in and showed what he's got. So I'd agree with that. To me, it's Justin Herbert. Okay. I feel bad for Justin Herbert. I think that Coach Staley actually coached that team out of the playoffs. But, you know, over 5,000 yards, second in touchdowns thrown, the maturity that he has in the pocket is, is phenomenal. You see that in season quarterbacks, and for him, he's only in the league a few years. Uh, I think he needs to work on a few less turnovers moving forward, but great season for him. Yeah, how did
0: he not make the playoffs? That's my only question. Anyway, wide receivers. Uh, Boom, Cooper Cup. Boom, take that. My little Cooper Cup. I love him. I mean, look, again, just like Brady, he was number one in all stats. So uh, 16 touchdowns, 19, almost made 2,000 receiving yards. He was he was He just made it happen over the middle, deep. You know, whatever it took. Cooper Cup was there. He was the man. So uh, that's my guy.
1: Yeah, Cooper Cup's a phenomenal receiver. I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. Really, Debo Samuel is a phenomenal player this year. Not only from the receiving side, but you don't want to tackle this guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Debo Samuel over 1,400 yards. He had uh, six touchdowns through the air. But the number that impressed me the most: 18.2 yards per reception. That's just, crazy. Just think about that. Yep. And, and a key difference too. He had a few less yards than Cooper Cup did in the receiving side. But he had almost half the receptions, so just think about that. It's phenomenal. Uh, and then again, from the running side, I think he did a great job with eight touchdowns. And it's going to be great seeing him coming up here in this game against Dallas.
0: Yeah, and part of that was probably due to the fact that their running game was hurt because their running backs were hurt. But uh, I tell you what,
1: yeah, he did it all. So you you got to give it to him. And it sure helps having George Kittle blocking for you. So who's your bust? Give me a give me a hint. Uh, well, I, it's hard not to choose Kenny Galladay. I got to keep the hate with the Giants going. <laughs> yeah, he's this. You know, Kenny Galladay to me, he did some great things in Detroit. He was a phenomenal receiver. He's a deep threat jump balls, you name it. He did battles, injuries, but Kenny Galladay I thought was going to make a really big move forward in in the Giants this year. And after, you know, Jake Fromm, terrible quarterback this year. But after seeing his one phenomenal pass. That was a beautiful, beautiful pass. Beautiful pass. And Kenny Galli didn't even put any effort into that ball. He looked ball. like he
0: was playing with his T-Rex arms. Ah. He couldn't get him out past his chin.
1: Unbelievable. If it were up to me, he's out with Joe Judge after that play. You just can't have him come back to the team after not putting the effort. There was no effort there. So I, I like that call on the bus. Stuff. For me, it's
0: if you've been listening to me all season, it's A.J. Brown. Am I right? I have been complaining about him the entire season. Always hurt. Always doesn't want to play. Doesn't get any love from uh, Tannehill when he's out there. And God knows that when I play him, he doesn't do anything. When I sit him on the bench, 31 points. So he's my bust, hands down.
1: Yeah, I think A.J. Brown, you know, when you need him, he doesn't come through. And when you don't need him, he typically has a good game. But if you saw over Nissan Stadium the other night, there was a bat – light shining up there but it wasn't it wasn't a bat in there it was a crown cuz king henry's <laughs> on his way back and i think that's going to help aj oh, brown oh boy that could really help the entire
0: organization absolutely all right honorable mention you know what you can't say anything about wide receivers without talking jamar chase number 4 overall wide, uh, wide receiver 1455 yards 13 touchdowns which was number 2 in the league and guess what he was a rookie just phenomenal so i mean i love jamar chase i do love debo I love Devontae Adams,
1: but Jamar Chase is a rookie. He's got to take my mention. I have nightmares about Jamar Chase. I played him in my fantasy championship, and and he beat me. So, (laughs) Jamar Chase, hands down, great season. But uh, you know, I'll have a grudge against him till next year. For me, I'm going to go with Hunter Renfro from the Raiders. Uh, You know, he really stepped up, losing Rugs uh, early in the season. Then you had Waller go down with an injury. It was his time to shine, and shine he did. He had a great season. It was great to see him. He's uncoverable. I see him making leaps and bounds, moves forward, kind of like Cooper Cup did because they run similar routes. But to me, Hunter Renfro is a fantastic player.
0: That's a good call. I like that. All right, now running backs. Uh, Number one, my boom guy. And probably a little bit uh, on the shade because Derrick Henry did go down, but Jonathan Taylor. uh, Again, number one guy statistically and just pounding in touchdowns. Uh,
1: What did he have, like 20 total touchdowns for the season? Uh, He he made uh, the Colts go. Absolutely. He's he's one of those backs when you can see him break the hole, he's almost untackleable, and yep. he's going to break that speed and go. So I, I like him. I'm going to go a different way. I said it last time I was on the show, pound for pound, Austin Eckler. Oh, uh, I knew you like him. He's the boom for me. He had 20 touchdowns total on the season, 12 on the ground, and 8 through the air. Uh, but... He's just a phenomenal player, both great person off and on the field. Uh, I think the biggest stub, hands down, from the Pro Bowl, uh, how he could put up 20 touchdowns and not make it, I don't get it. But great work ethic. He's also got a fantastic podcast, and I think Austin Eckler's the boom for me. And he's big with the air guitar. Absolutely. I love him strumming that air guitar.
0: (laughs) All right. My biggest bust has to be Christian McCaffrey, number one overall fantasy running back, number one overall pick. And you know what? Second season now where injury bug's beating him. Uh, it's taken Carolina down with it. And what do he have, one touchdown this year? You, you can't Another tough season. You, you cannot fathom what happened. So uh, I wish him all the best. You know, I love him as an individual. I think he's a great running back. But with all these soft tissue, and you don't know if he's coming back. He may never be the same. So,
1: unfortunately, that was my bust. Yes, Yeah, see, I, I, I do agree with that. I'm going to go a little bit different here. And this one is its hard for me to say it's a true bust, but I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara from the Saints. You know, losing Drew Brees was a huge loss for Kamara. Yep. Then he had to play with Winston, and then he had some time with Hill. Then he had some time with Simeon. So it's tough. Revolving backfield. Injuries. Injuries, too. So you know, But I just didn't see that fire that was in him. Nope. And, and coming towards the end of the season, the Saints had a chance at a playoff run. So that was his time to really step up for his team. I just didn't see it. Again, with the injuries and Ingram playing, I get it. But uh, he was a bust for me. How about your honorable mention? Yeah. Najee Harris,
0: another rookie. I mean, you know, look, you put him on a team that basically should have done nothing, gone nowhere. Uh, no offensive line. A washed-up quarterback, right? You think everything's going against him, and yet they threw him out there, and they gave him 25, 30 touches every single game. And he comes out, uh, and he's like the number, what, 12 uh, running back? Had a great season. Yeah, unbelievable. So, I mean, to me, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, three recept- receiving touchdowns. you, you got to give it to him. Najee Harris.
1: Absolutely. I like that call. I go uh, a little bit different. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon from the Bengals. Joe Mixon's a guy that you just don't hear a lot about. Uh, he had a great season, over 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. He was in a high-powered offense. But I think that the key to that offense, which they were so successful, was his running. That opened up T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase, right? So I think he played a big role. And He in that. played through some injury. Played through some injuries. So the only the only criticism I have for Joe Mixon is that Joe Burrow is the most sacked quarterback in the league this year. So hey, you could run, but you got to block. You got to block. You got to be blocking. You right. got that right. Tight ends, what do you think? <clears throat> well, why don't you give me? It? All right, so I'm going to go with my boom you tight. end. You took my guy. I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews had a fantastic season. He was in fact the only tight end with over 100 receptions this year. And a really fantastic stat for me was he had. Almost double the number of receiving yards this year. Double than last year. Now, you could credit that to the running backs being out, but he did it with two different quarterbacks. So, phenomenal season for Mark Andrews. He's my boom uh, tight end.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to just say ditto to that and move on to my bust. Darren Waller. Um, You know what? Yeah. Was he hurt? Absolutely. Was he the go-to guy? Was he the target when he was healthy in the beginning of the season? Absolutely. But... What you expected from Darren Waller if you drafted him, what you expected from a Hawkinson, it just didn't happen. So for me, Darren Waller, uh, he, he's my bust. Only two touchdowns. He just didn't put it up there.
1: Yeah, I've got to go with Kasiki from Miami for my bust. Interesting. Oh, he had a decent number of receiving yards, but he only ended the season with two touchdowns. And you would have thought from last year coming this year, he was going to be a big part of that Absolutely. offense. Absolutely. You know, Parker played a role. Waddle. I mean, you got to love that season. guy yeah, to keep him coming around uh, Tua, I didn't think it was his best year, but you know, Gasicki I expected to be kind of that more veteran type player role is going to help out the quarterback. Uh, and I just didn't see it. So he's said to be a free agent at the end of the year. And I guess we'll see what happens in Miami.
0: He's a super talent Gasicki, but you know, the other thing I did watching some Miami games is basically they were using Tua was using the other tight ends because yep. they were not covered. Everyone was, you know, paying attention to Gasicki. Sometimes that hurts you. But uh, honorable mention for me, the t- the TD machines, the touchdown machines, Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry. You know they didn't do much, but they they put up points. They and, did you know, enough that they did enough for their teams because they caused uh, some teams to win there. So they're the guys you got to take your hat off
1: to. I like it. I'm going to go with uh, Dalton Schultz from Dallas. Pains me to pick Dallas, but uh, he had a great year. He's the fourth ranked tight end, uh, and he just got it done. I think he was a key player in that offense because they were struggling in the middle of the year, and I think. He was just reliable. You know, he had drops from CD Lamb. He had drops with Cooper. Cooper was complaining he didn't get enough targets. But who is the steady, the steady guy? He's got great hands. Schultz. And he's right over the middle. And I tell you what, Schultz took some hits. That guy took tons of hits. And he got up every time and he moved forward. So I like Dalton Schultz there as honorable mention. And you know what? At the end of the season, he came
0: on strong. I think he's going strong into the playoffs. He's going to be a big, big, big target out there. Big target. Okay, now let's talk about the Jets. So the New York Jets unsurprisingly lost their last game to Buffalo 27-10. Uh, you know, what more can you say? They finished 4-13. and That's probably kind of where people were saying maybe they were looking for, uh, you know, three wins, two wins. But 4-13, and that's where they are. That's where they belong. But you know what? The good news is the season's over, and now they got the draft to look forward to. So they got at least two picks in the first round, 4-10, and great picks. So they're going to have to do something with it. You know, overall Zach Wilson. You know, every time I watch him play, it's kind of like Jalen Hurts. You know, everybody was get rid of Hurts. Get we got to draft another quarterback. And I look at Wilson and I say, you know what? He's he's not terrible to me. He just didn't have a good supporting cast. He didn't have the offensive line to protect him. Uh, He had running backs coming in and out of the game. Their defense just gave up so many points. He was always having to play catch up. That's true. And uh, and finally, the wide receivers. They never had a healthy squad. right? So I'm thinking, looking forward to next year, you take these draft picks, you do something to get that offensive line working, you have a good stable of wide receivers coming back, Michael Carter is going to do you right. The New York Jets, next year, if they can fix that defense and stop the run, I'm looking at them to put up at least seven, maybe eight wins. I don't know about that. That's a stretch.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, the Jets, it's just we've become used to saying, well, that was the Jets. Yeah. Right? right. So I know the WASP probably doesn't want to hear that, but, you know, it was just another Jet season. I think they do have uh, some abilities to move forward. I did like what I saw in Michael Carter. Uh, but, you know, to me, the biggest highlight to the Jets was watching them drink beers at the <laughs> Islander games. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, a tough season for them. Wish them all the best moving forward. But, uh, you yeah, know, it was the Jets season. We'll put it that way. Jets, uh, let's go. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about what happened last week, Week 18.
0: What a week. You you know, many of the games just didn't matter, but there were a few that did. And here are some highlights.
1: First, got to ask you, what happened in the collapse of the Colts in Jacksonville? Very tough game with the Colts. Uh, When I was watching that game, interestingly enough for me being an Eagles fan, I saw what I saw in rookie Carson Wentz and Trevor Lawrence in the Jags. He was playing great, moving, dynamic in the pocket. That's what Carson Wentz used to do. And then I had the nightmares of watching Carson Wentz play for the Colts, of what we saw for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles for seasons. He s- sat back in the pocket, he was locking onto a receiver, throwing picks. Then he would take a sack, fumble the football. And, and it was just, it was hard to watch, but. Yeah, that's part of the reason why the Eagles moved on, because he didn't have that caliber to bring us to the next level. Right. And I feel bad for Frank Reich being you know, part of the Super Bowl championship we had, and he's a great coach, uh, but you've got to pass Carson Wentz and, and his ability to finish out these seasons. Well, the Colts, they had two chances to get into playoffs. Absolutely. Right? And this game, this was like
0: a laugher. Let's look right past the Jags because we got to get ready for the playoffs. Well, the laugh's on the Colts here. Absolutely. You know, that's a
1: tough way to go into the offseason.
0: I, I mean, I don't know, but... The way they played defense, right, the way they went ahead and and, and, uh, and Trevor Lawrence was making passes and he was getting uh, you know Marvin Jones back involved and they were moving the ball, but still their defense, they only gave up like 233 yards to mm-hmm. the Colts, phenomenal. right? It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. So I tell you what, I think the Jags were making a statement for next year that we're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And we just got to fill a few holes. We got to get a good coach who wants to work with us and not just control us. Absolutely. And they they exercised the ghost of Urban Meyer that game. I agree. All right. Love the passion, Kahuna. Now, what about the next game? What about this one? L.A.'s up
1: 17-0, just coasting against the Forty. What What happened with the 49ers and the Rams? The, the 49ers are a team that wants it more. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, you know, when when you're down 17 to nothing, you know, they, they didn't even care. You know, that, that was okay. Let's get going. Let's start playing football. And what'd they do? Debo Samuel. Okay? <laughs> get him. guy. Yeah, Debo Samuel. He was catching. He's throwing touchdowns. Okay? he's Nothing he can't do. But what I liked about the team is when things get tough, they put it into their players' hands that are going to win them the game. That's exactly what they did.
0: And it doesn't matter who it is, right? Juwan Jennings, two touchdowns.
1: Absolutely. And I think a key here, too, is that, you know, watching this game for me, Jimmy Garoppolo playing hurt, I think he made a statement for himself to be the guy next year. Right. I know Trey Lance is in the picture, but you know, to me, Trey Lance would not have won that football no, game. No, 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 no. Jimmy Garoppolo, he made a statement.
0: I think Jimmy Garoppolo is established. He is an NFL caliber quarterback. Trey Lance has got things to learn.
1: For sure. And I also think, too, in this game, you know, one of the things that would concern me if I was a Rams fan is Stafford. He's been turning the ball over quite a bit lately. And moving forward in the playoffs, Stafford's got to close those games out if you want to make it to the next level and to the Super Bowl.
0: Well, what really worries me about San Francisco, uh, about Los Angeles, I'm saying, is uh, their defense, right? Yeah. They're supposed to have, oh, Aaron Donald. Now they got uh, Von Miller. Well, What's going on with that? Mm-hmm. They're not they're not disrupting the game.
1: Maybe a so, little George Kittle.
0: So there's a little bit of things they got to be worried about in Los Angeles. So anyway, next one and the last one, the craziest game of the week. And you know, if you're a Charger fan, if you're a Raider fan, is your heart pumping yet? I mean, did you? How many times did it stop? Unbelievable! It game. was unbelievable. I mean, going back, it, three field goals in overtime. You know, last second. How many times did they convert fourth downs? Hey, wh- wh- give me a take.
1: Well, you know, being an Eagles fan, I could I still vividly remember the double doink where the Bears kicked it off. Oh yeah, first one, second one, we win the football game on a last second field goal. So I relate to everybody watching that game. So if you're a Steelers fan, the only way you don't make the playoffs is with a tie. So and guess you, what? They go to overtime. Unbelievable. They're tied. And why Coach Staley calls a timeout with the clock running down makes no sense. You must have went to the Andy Reid School of clock <laughs> management. But you're watching this football game, so. Pittsburgh saying, you know, please make this field goal and move on. Then you got to think if you're the Chargers, you're like, we need Dan Marino and Ray Finkel out here kicking this field goal because we can't make them win. And then if you're a Raiders fan, it doesn't matter what happens. It was crazy. It was right. an unbelievable game, all set up by the Colts' loss because it would have never happened. If it was that. And the right. ghost of Ben Roethlisberger lives for another week. Well, it was a crazy game, and, uh, you know, I'm excited for the Raiders. I'm really disappointed
0: for the Chargers, but they tend to lose close games. That's their legacy. Absolutely. So what about
1: playoff seedings coming up there, Kuna?
0: Well, I'm looking at the uh, NFC here, and no surprise to me, Green Bay, number one seed. And uh, you know what? That is probably the biggest buy, the biggest home field advantage in the NFL, having Green Bay in the winter. So that's what that's going to you know hold them in good stead, I think, moving forward. The rest of the NFC, you got the number seven the Eagles going against Tampa, uh, you had the Niners against Dallas, and you got the Cardinals and the Rams. I you know, those are all tough games. Gonna um, be a great wild card weekend. Yeah, I think it's gonna be some good football. And we'll talk about a few games later. And then in the AFC, I don't understand it. Who's the number one seed? Tennessee? Yeah. I, I've never liked them all season long. And then when King Henry went down, I said, they're done. They don't even play football. And somehow they embarrassed me then. And they're embarrassing me now, number one seed. So that's it. My hats off to Tennessee Titans.
1: Yeah, Titans had a great finish. You know, I think their division helped them out a little bit. But those Chiefs, uh, Chiefs were not happy not to get that number boy, one seed. Oh boy!
0: <clears throat> and then the rest rounds out with Pittsburgh and take on Kansas City, New England Patriots at Buffalo, and then the unlikely Raiders against Cincinnati. So I tell you what, we got some good games coming up this weekend, and we're going to talk about them in a little bit.
1: Lock of the week.
0: So let's talk about some of our final picks and game thoughts. Um, you know, first game we're going to look at is the Niners and Dallas. And to me, Dallas, they've really spent the last two weeks kind of putting their game together. Dak, you know, he was hurt. He was a little bit crazy. The guys were dropping passes. Zeke was hurt. Pollard with his fascia, plan fasciitis or whatever the heck that was, or plantar fasciitis. You know, he's got that thing in his foot and they just weren't hitting on all cylinders. And, I was like, oh, my God, Dallas is going to cave again, right? That's their legacy. But you know what? The last two
1: weeks, forget caving. They're playing, and they're moving the ball around. Absolutely. It pains me to say it being an Eagles fan, but Dallas has got it all going right now. Uh, Both sides of the field, from the offensive side to the defensive side. Dynamic backfield with Zeke and Pollard. We talked about Schultz, great wide receivers playing football. Uh, And then let's look on the defensive side. You've got Trayvon Diggs tied for the single season record with Dallas with 11 interceptions. You got Parsons from you know the rookie coming at the quarterback. It's crazy. They've got a fantastic team. I think the keys here Dallas in order to win this game, you have to let Dak be Dak. I don't want I don't want Dallas to try to overrun the football, try to be conservative. He plays his best when he's out there slinging the football around. So I, I think, think so. that's the key for them to win that game. You know, on the 49ers side, you got to establish the run. I think Kittle's going to play a big role in this game because I think you got to get him more involved. Only having about, uh, I think he had three receptions over the last two weeks. So he's blocking. He's blocking it crazy. Right. So I think you get him more involved. You establish the run. Uh, again, heavy use of Debo. Uh, so I'm going to go with this game. I think I'm going to see the San Francisco 49ers win. They're playing with a lot of momentum. I like 31-28 49ers. What do you think, Gunnar?
0: Well, I think uh, the Niners are going to play real hard. I think the 49er defense is going to come after Dak, which can be problematic. Mm-hmm. But if Dak has any time, the secondary for San Fran is not that good, and I think that's how you beat San Fran up. But first, you got to stop the run, and you got Mitchell, you got Wilson, you got Samuel, you got Hasty. You got a you got a lot of you problems. You got a lot there. You got you a got lot, lot of problems. Absolutely. So I, this is going to be a great game. But you know what? It's in Jerryville, right? Jerrytown. That's true. It's in Dallas, and Dak is on fire, and Schultz is on fire. The defense is on fire. So it's to me, it's Cowboys all the way. 30-27.
1: All All right. Well, let's look at the next game. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you know, right now the spread Kansas City minus twelve and a half. And I got to go back to what uh, Andy Reid would say. How about those cheese? <laughs> you know, I coming from Kansas City before moving back to the East Coast. We were out there when they had a couple bad games. You know, that's when Mahomes was trying to do too much and. The rest of the world you know set up, Kansas City's done. Well, I could tell you in Kansas City, everybody said Kansas City's fine. When you have great players and you have a great coach, it works itself out. When you have poor coaching and poor players, it doesn't. Look at the Giants. So, I think this game's going to be very interesting. I think Kansas City definitely wins this game. Pittsburgh is lucky to be here. They don't play pretty games. You know, Ben made it to another game, which is exciting for him, but I just can't see their offense having enough to take the Chiefs down. What do you think, Una?
0: You know, this has been an up-and-down season for Kansas City, right? They looked unbeatable, uh, and then they looked like they couldn't win a game. And uh, they've been on and off injured. I mean, look, we still got CEH. Is he going to be playing this? They say he's back, but how much? Uh, Darrell Williams uh, got hurt last week. Uh, Kelsey, you know, he's not hurt, but he's not. Nah, he's, he's a little banged up. He, he's a little banged up. a little banged up. And Tariq Hill, right? We don't know what's going on with his quad still. So you got a lot of injury in question marks. But last week, guess what? All the secondary third guys came out and played really well. They did. And so you know that to me was a good sign. The the weakest part I see is that defense. You don't know if it's going to be there, if it's showing up or it's not showing up. Last week it didn't show up very much. That's true. And it was that game shouldn't have been as close as it was. So on the Pittsburgh side, you're right. I don't know how they're here. Right, but they have heart, and they got defense, and they got T.J. Watt. Right, unbelievable, he, unbelievable. I just watch him; he just makes it happen. He's hungry. Absolutely, right. Yeah. Oh, Strahan's got to be saying, "Hey, you got my record." Well,
1: Strahan's saying, "You got it, and I got it in seventeen nah, games, and you got it." in 18. You know,
0: Strahan's always got an angle, so Absolutely. I'm sure he's he's got a weasel thing going. Yeah, but uh, Pittsburgh, Big Ben, could be his last game. Most likely, in my mind, it is his last game, but. In the second half of the season, Big Ben came back. He did. Yeah, he did not look good starting. We all called him chicken wing, you know, Chicken wing Ben. But I'm, I'm proud of him. He's made a good showing here. And he's going to go up with his head held high. And they're wide receivers. They got to play. And like I said earlier, Najee Harris, he'll be there. And you know how you get uh, yards against uh, the Chiefs is on the ground. Mm-hmm. And you can beat them deep in the secondary cuz a lot of mistakes. So I think this game's going to be up and down, but at the end I think Kansas City's too much at home. I'm giving Kansas City 30 to 20.
1: Yeah, i got to go Kansas City thirty-one twenty. I don't think they're going to cover the spread, but uh, I think they take this game, and it's tough to play out there in Kansas City. It's going to be a loud stadium. It's going to be a lot of energy. Uh, so I think, yeah, Chiefs take this one. Wait a minute at the next game. Well, <clears throat> this one kind of pains
0: me. This is a tough call. You know, Patriots-Bills, they played each other, what, like twice in the last four weeks, and uh, one was the, the Snowfest game, and then the other one was up in Buffalo. Just, you know, didn't, it wasn't that pretty. Um this is going to be a cold weekend game. Chance of snow. I don't think it's going to be as bad as the snow game, but you know, Patriots Mac Jones. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and as a rookie, he's playing really well. Number twenty uh, fourth rookie quarterback uh, to start in a playoff game, and uh, and the last quarterback to win was Russell Wilson as a rookie. So he's in rare, rare, uh, you know, rare earth the kind of rare air. Um, running game. What can you say about New England, their running game? Who can't can't run in New England? Stevenson, Bolden, anybody you put out there, it's a three-headed monster. So guess what? They're going to be running, and they're going to be running, and they're going to be running on the Bills. And you can run on the Bills. Absolutely. And finally, the wide receivers. Nobody there have mentioned, but they're all making catches. Problem is, they don't catch many touchdowns. (laughs) That's right. That's why they got who? T.D. Henry. There you go. So, uh, But what's the strong suit in New England, other than the coaching, the defense? And you know what? They give up, I think, the least points to any team on average. So this is not going to be a runaway game by any stretch of imagination. So what do you think about Buffalo? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think the the Patriots typically own the Bills. Uh, That's just the way it's been for a long time. But, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills made a statement in that last game. You looked at the weather of the game before that, when Mac Jones threw the ball three times, it's hard to really get too much out of that football game. But Josh Allen, to me, I went with him as my boom quarterback, and I think that if they let him run the football, because I know they want to keep him in the pocket, get him to be more of a passing quarterback, I understand it, uh, keep him healthy, but... This is the time where you got to take risks, and I think that he plays his best football when he's able to move, get outside the pocket. And for me personally, I watched an interview with Josh Allen before the season started. He told Bills Mafia, they win that Super Bowl, he'll break a table. There's going to be a lot of tables getting That's broke. what's going to happen, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I like the uh, Bills in this game, 27-21.
0: You know, actually, uh, the Wasp and I got an invite from Quinny up there in Buffalo and asked us to come up and do this uh, episode in buffalo but uh you know with all this covet and all this nonsense so uh, we, we really miss not being up there quinney but maybe next year but in the meantime the bills josh allen uh stefan diggs who really hasn't been as big as we thought he was going to be preseason compared to last year it's a digression but at the same time he's doing what he needs to do but he's drawn coverage and guess what everybody else is open like our touchdown man uh dawson knox but uh, you know what Singletary, where did he come from? Fantastic! I thought second he was going to be. I thought he was gone. Right? He was a healthy scratch, and all of a sudden, he's putting up what one or two touchdowns a game. So, you know what? It's in Buffalo. It's their house, and I think they got more firepower. And I think they're going to find a way to beat New England. And I'm looking for a Buffalo with 27 to 20.
1: It's going to be a great end of the season. And looking forward to Wild Card Weekend. So, in closing,
0: I want to say to everybody out there, good luck this week, and we hope your team is in the playoffs. We want to thank our sponsor, Steel Pixel Studios. I'd like to thank our producer, Ben Orr. And we'd love to hear from you or any input you may have because this was our inaugural season. If you've got any thoughts of how we could improve or stuff that you'd like to hear, you know, get in contact with us via Instagram or LinkedIn, email, or even call at 484-242-8904. We're going to plan on having one more episode uh, the week prior to Super Bowl just to kind of close out the season and, uh, you know, say thanks one more time. But I tell you what, on behalf of uh, the Wasp and myself, I really want to say thanks to all of you out there that are listening, and we really hope to be back here next year to just have some fun in NFL uh, football.